let us let us therefore uh, come before God in worship. Cindy, are you are you ready to be liturgist? Yes. Wow. One hand and one hand and all. Yes. <laughs> From God comes my salvation. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. God alone is my rock and my salvation. God is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Trusting in the promise of grace, let us pour out our hearts before God. <clears throat> let us pray together. Forgiving God, we repent of all the ways we turn from you. You call, but we do not listen. You show us your path, but we prefer our own way. Forgive us, heal us, and lead us back to you that we might show mercy to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven by God and given new life. join me in the prayer for illumination. Speak to us your word, O God, that we may hear Jesus' call to be his disciples. Amen. The Hebrew scripture is from the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. 
Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Last week I talked about how I needed to take time to stop and listen for God. That that sometimes I got so busy doing things and getting places and checking things off my list of things to do that I forgot to put in any time at all for me to just sit quietly and listen for God. And I've been trying really hard this week to do that. I really, really have been trying. And Monday through Thursday went pretty well. I did great. I carved out a little time for myself just to sit back and relax and, and calm down. And then Friday happened. And Friday was a day from the moment I woke up until the moment I finally went to bed at midnight. And nothing went right, and nothing was easy, and nothing was the way I thought it was going to be, and my mom didn't feel well, and the dog didn't feel well, and nothing was the way I thought it should be. And there certainly wasn't any time to listen to anybody, much less time to calm down and relax and listen for God. So Saturday, yesterday, I said, okay, back on track. Friday was a day. Saturday's a new day. Saturday, I'm going to go back to making time for me to listen for God's word. And I did. And I felt much better. I felt much calmer. I felt less angry about the day before. <laughs> And I was much more able to do the things that I needed to do yesterday than I had been on Friday. So what I want to take from this whole past week is that things don't always go the way we think they are. And that there's always a reset button. 
we can go back and say, okay, that was that, that's over, let's calm down and go back into listening for God, taking care of ourselves, taking care of each other, and moving on in a way that we know that God would want us to. May we have a moment of prayer. Dear God, thank you for reminding us that you are with us even when things don't appear to be going right. Thank you for being with us when things are spiraling almost out of control. Remind us that these are just momentary things in time and that you are constantly there even when we do not recognize that you're there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, creator of heaven and earth, out of deep waters you brought us to birth, claimed us as children of wonder and worth, oh God of deep flowing I have to confess this morning that, well, I've had a little struggle with this text from Jonah. A little angst, maybe, about what we have for a reading today. It's kind of hard to tell you why. I mean, as Cindy was reading it, all you can hear in that text is the grace of God. I mean, here is this wonderful, glorious grace of God. And yet I was still unsettled with the text. I mean, it is the God of the universe, the, the God who calls together and redeems the outcast, the sinners, the ones who, who struggle and who turn away from God. And then God showers absolutely all of them with this grace. Nineveh, this great city, repents. They put on sackcloth and ashes. I mean, they put sackcloth and ashes, and then they fast. I mean, that is the repenting trifecta. The king says, maybe this God will change the divine mind. Maybe this God, this is not even a God these people in Nineveh worship. But they hear the power of the word that Jonah proclaims to them. 40 days and you're going to be destroyed. And they repent. Nineveh repents. 
and God relents. It's a story of the grace of God ruling in this wonderful way. But what about Jonah in the midst of all of this? I kept asking that question this week because I know where he's been. I remember how this story begins. You remember how this story begins. The word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim their destruction in 40 days. And what does Jonah do? But turns 180 degrees and runs for the nearest ship and starts to sail as far away from Nineveh as he possibly could get. He's going to Tarshish and that's it. But as if we needed yet another reminder of the grace of God, God follows Jonah. See, God has called Jonah, and God is not going to stop calling Jonah. God brings waves to to uh, slow down the ship and to cause all that are on it to ask what is the problem, even those sailors who do not believe in the God of the universe, the same God that Jonah believes in, say, you know, maybe if we chuck this guy over the side of the ship, this God will have mercy upon us and save us. And Jonah agrees that, yeah, it's probably a good thing to, to toss me over because God is the one who's after me. So he gets tossed over, and then there's that big fish, and then there's three days and three nights in the belly of that big fish. Does that remind us of anything? What a great story that is. And it's the time when Jonah repents. When Jonah cries out to the Lord saying, okay, I'm going to follow you now. I trust you. I believe in you. The big fish upchucks Jonah on the seashore. And Jonah heads for Nineveh. He heads for Nineveh and we come across this passage. You see, we know, just like the psalmist did, where can we go from your presence, O Lord? Where can we flee from your spirit if I... Go to the depths, you're there. If I go to the heights, you're there. Jonah knows that now. Jonah realizes that. And so he listens carefully to God's call. I think some of the angst that I had over this passage this week was simply because, well, I'm Jonah. 
I'm Jonah who runs away from what God calls me to do. Good Lord, it took me over three years to actually get to seminary after I had convinced myself that I kind of could go to seminary and follow this call from God. And I still use the excuses. I don't know how to preach. I couldn't learn Greek and Hebrew. And all of those friends around me kept saying, why do you think you go to seminary? I am Jonah, hearing God's call and yet running from it the whole time. Most of us, truth be told, cannot remember what happens after this part of Jonah. This wonderful little book. You can read it after worship and it'll take you about 15 minutes to read the entire book, if that. So I'd encourage you later to pull out your Bible or pull it up on the screen wherever you have a copy and, and read through it because, because it's important. It's important for us to hear the whole story even though all we have this morning for a text is the great chapter of repentance and reconciliation. You see, what happens afterwards is that Jonah's nose is out of whack. You see, the message that Jonah carried to Nineveh was simply this. 40 days and God is going to smite you off the face of the earth. And I can imagine that smile on Jonah's face because I have felt that way and thought that way. Jonah's nose is out of whack. Because when push comes to shove, God says to those who have heard the proclamation of the Lord, God says, I relent. And I choose not to destroy you. The word of the prophet Jonah all of a sudden means nothing. And Jonah leaves the city, goes out into the desert, and sits under a bush. And God provides for Jonah. And God and Jonah have a moment. They have a moment where God says, don't you know I love you? Don't you know I care about you? Don't you know that I have enough love for even those evildoers in Nineveh when they turn and repent?
And there is the angst as well. Because I know that my understanding of justice, the one that really is rooted deep in my heart, is not that kind and generous. My understanding for justice says, well, you get what you deserve. You get what you give. And I realize that I am no better than Jonah. And I'm no worse than Nineveh either. But I don't think I'm alone in my battles. I think some of you may share the same sorts of thoughts at various times. And I know that the phrase, if I ran the world, comes off of my lips on a regular basis. And in fact, a, a good colleague of Carrie's and mine posted this last week, if he was starting a church himself, this is the type of people he'd like to have in his church and on his staff. It's easy for us to think of those who think like us and look like us and act like us. And yet we know that the world is filled with the other. It's a good thing that I don't run the world. <laughs> I have enough problems running my own life, let alone trying to run the entire world. But like Jonah, there are times that I need to sit out under a bush in the desert and wait for God to come to me and remind me that there is enough divine grace in this world for all of us, for each of us, and an abundance more that, than we can ever count. And that that grace surrounds us all the time, even when we do not recognize it. The call story of Jonah is a fairly dramatic call story. But then again, I think God's call on each and every one of our lives is a fairly dramatic call story. May we remember and may we know deep in our hearts that there is nowhere we can go to escape God's spirit. That the grace of God abounds. And we are grateful recipients. Thanks be to God. Amen. We do greet and welcome you uh, to worship this morning. It's good to have everyone here and to be able to 
share with everyone. It's it's a good cold day out there for us, and uh, I hope that you will stay warm and uh, and all of that. Uh, please note uh, all the announcements that are in the uh, announcement pages that Ann sends out with your bulletin. Uh, especially note that next Sunday morning will be the annual meeting of the Congregation of Hamilton Union. Uh, it will be held immediately after we finish our worship service. I will give you time to get a cup of coffee or something like that, but um, want you to be with us. We're gonna we're gonna breeze through the annual meeting and and all of that. And the call for it is in the announcement. Excuse me, announcements. It's to hear and act on the reports of the ministries of the church, including the election of elders and deacons, and then to elect three at-large members to the nominating committee, and then any other business properly brought before the meeting. Um, and we will be getting a PDF of the annual reports out to you this week. Uh, if you are in need of a hard copy of that, you don't have a printer um, or you, you, you don't have email and things like that, just let Anne in the office know, um, send her an email and uh, she can get one out to you um, so that you can participate and know all of the things that are happening. There are other announcements. Um, the need for us to be creative and think about some fundraising ideas and to think about if that's a calling we have uh, to help the church in fundraising. Um, so consider that and look through those sorts of things. There's some great information from the deacons about how to access the upper room, um, starting with the very basic of getting a hard copy from the, the church office when those come in, but there are some online ways and phone ways for you to do some things. Um, the new tech team is uh, going to be starting to have some meetings coming up in, uh, to learn about uh, how to use the materials that we've got in the sanctuary. And uh, if you're interested in being a part of that, we really would love to have you do that. Um, there are just so many things uh, listed there and all of the meetings that are coming up this week and the links, including Presbyterian women and, um, and things. There's also a note about Ash Wednesday, um, both a Zoom retreat for Presbyterian women um, that uh, usually is in person, and this year will be by Zoom, um, but also our uh, Ash Wednesday um, experiences that we have as a church, which uh, usually include us gathering together for soup and sandwich first at 6 p.m., and then uh, worship at seven. We actually are going to invite you to have a bowl of soup and a sandwich and join us at 6 p.m. to uh, to gather around tables and um, enjoy that sort of fellowship as we prepare ourselves for worship that evening. Um, I will let you know that there are a number of us in the presbytery who are talking with one another about um, both uh, a liturgy to use for that service and also um, about recording portions of the service 
so that we can use them and use one another uh, to help lead the people of God in worship. So there are some interesting things that are coming up with that. Um, are there other announcements for us this morning? Yes, Bill. I, I just wanted to mention that we had a, a really tremendous uh, presbytery meeting yesterday uh, on Zoom. Uh, and the highlight of that meeting really was a celebration of women in ministry. And I just wanted to call out the role that Janice had in uh, putting uh, a video together uh, in support of that program, as well as uh, Charlotte and our daughter Lynn, who participated among all the other women in ministry in the Presbytery of Albany, which is a significant number. Um, and uh, women in ministry date back to the 1950s, I believe. So it was a real, uh, a real blessing yesterday. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you, Bill. It was a pleasure to be a part of that. And as I had noticed when I first got here, looking around the room at Presbytery, it was like, there are a lot of women in ministry in this Presbytery. And indeed, there are. This Presbytery has more women um, in service and in retirement than any of the other Presbyteries across the nation. Um, and so uh, it was interesting for us to hear uh, from them and about some of the unusual things that have happened uh, to them uh, in the midst of their ministry. And actually the video that we, that I put together of their, their uh, thoughts and experiences will be posted on the Presbytery's website coming up so that uh, anyone can access that and um, enjoy that as well. Are there other announcements? Um, speak up because I cannot see all of you at once. We have a minute for mission today, I believe. Yes, we do. Very good, Wayne. Good morning, everyone. As you have heard from Lindsay the past few weeks, the Mission and Social Witness Committee has uh, developed a focus on hunger, uh, opportunities for the congregation to uh, serve and alleviate a problem which is longstanding and still is with us today. So I just want to spend a minute today talking about how hunger has been affected by the COVID virus over the past year or so. A couple of facts that pre-pandemic, more than 35 million Americans struggled with food insecurity, but that has gone up to 54 million Americans since the pandemic started, or one in six. And so far as children are affected, uh, 10 million American children struggled with food insecurity before the pandemic, and that's gone up to 18 million, almost double, or about one in four children uh, are experiencing food insecurity. The, uh, this puts a, a great deal of burden on food banks and food pantries and all these other resources, uh, sources in the in the business of managing food estimate that uh, four out of 10 people who go to food banks are first timers this year. 
And we've all seen the stories on TV of people who have never thought they would need to use the resources of a food bank or food bag, food pantry are going there. Uh, of course, we are we participate, we work with the Regional Food Bank in Albany, and they are a member of the Feeding America Food Bank Network. Uh, Two-thirds of these food banks are looking for volunteers, and they're always looking for volunteers. They estimate that the demand for food is 60% higher than it was in pre-pandemic times. Who's affected? Well, some of us are not affected, but those folks who are in the impacted industries who are out of work, especially restaurants, travel, the tourism business, these are people who haven't been able to work. Uh, their incomes are affected. And of course, that's, uh, you know, ethnically, that's tending to affect people, uh, you know, Latin heritage, uh, uh, African-American, people who tend to be more in those businesses, in those types of jobs. And areas where travel and tourism are very important have been affected, places such as Nevada, which has lost so much of its tourism business. So just a word that the need is out there, the need continues to be out there, and the, we're going to continue talking throughout the year with a variety of topics, uh, opportunities for the congregation to become engaged, uh, both locally and often far off distances. Well, that's it for today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wayne, for, for helping us to understand some of these pieces and to, to hear the numbers, um, you know, personally to hear that one in four children is food insecure is just a startling number. It's serious. And, and in the midst of that, it reminds us of the privilege we do have um, and then the responsibilities we have as well. So thank you very much for, for helping us with that. Our God is our rock and our fortress. Let us celebrate our salvation by fearlessly giving a portion of what has already been given to us. Will you join me in prayer? Merciful God, you have saved us for a purpose. We dedicate these gifts as we dedicate our lives to you, that you will make us fishers of people. Amen. Amen.
Please join me in prayer. God of new visions, we pray for people highly placed in power, that they may focus their eyes on you. And we pray for the lowly victims of power, that they may also focus their eyes on you. We pray for those who bless with their lips, but curse with their mouths, including ourselves. We pray for those who are ill and those facing the end of life. Give them the gift of prayer that they may pour out their hearts to you. We pray for the church and its leaders that we may hear and respond to your call to be fishers of people. Rock of our salvation through Christ and your Holy Spirit, bring us into the new world that you are shaping even as this world is passing away. Hear us as we pray, as we have been taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. i mm-hmm.
Dear friends, repent and believe the good news. God is with us. God's grace surrounds us. And God calls us for a purpose and with a plan. May the God of second chances, may the God of second and third and fifth and tenth and twentieth and eighty-ninth chances renew our sense of call, renew your sense of call, and inspire you to go out and share the good news of forgiveness and hope. And the grace, mercy, and peace of God Almighty, Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit will be with you this day and always. Amen. Amen.